Welcome to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Become Fire podcast is a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to know more about this community, you can visit us on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's F-A-I-T-H. Yes, that's a real website. And on the website, you can, uh, in the main menu, uh, go over to the contact tab. Uh, if you'd like to send us a message, ask any questions, we'd love to hear any podcast topics for future episodes that you'd like. Also, if at any time you feel called to maybe support the community in any way, right next to that contact us tab is a little donate tab as well. So we're here for Advent Podcast Numero Dos. And once again, I am joined by Father Anthony Tinker and Father hello. Peter Teresa McConnell. Hello, hello, everybody. <laughs> awesome. So now, uh, since we last met, um, you know, we, we've had some uh, 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 some great conversations um, and some things that we wanted to add, um, and, and even some things that have really uh, made me think. So I kind of want to just dive into it today. So last week we were kind of establishing this is our new project, our new ministry. We're having fun with the podcast. We sort of know what we're doing now, um, and of course, ready fire aim, ready fire aim, hallelujah, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, the the wonderful uh, season of Advent, season of preparation, season of waiting. Um, in, in case y'all didn't know what that was. Um, and so last week, um, you know, we kind of talked about how can we have an advent in the, the form and fashion that we find ourselves uh, in this current state of the world. Um, I don't want to call it the new normal because I pray that it just it goes away <laughs> in Jesus' name. Um, but the next thing I, I actually want to hit you with this week is uh, something that um, the church teaches. So the church teaches that there are actually two comings of Christ. In fact, we profess it in the creed. So um, explain that in the context of Advent and Christmas. And Father Anthony, why don't you start us off? Okay, thank you, Dan. So Advent, we talk about Adventus again, Latin, coming, right? And we're remembering the coming of Christ, that he came as a child, as a baby. He entered into the world. God left his heavenly throne, entered into humanity, right? And we also look forward to Christ coming again, right? That he is going to come again. Like we believe, we have faith. This is that he will come again. We are in a preparation time right now. As Advent is a preparation to celebrate Christmas, we are in a time uh, just in our lives preparing Maranatha, for, come Lord Jesus, for Jesus to come again in glory. Um, and even and, and, uh, saints like Bernardo Clairvaux would tell us there's actually three comings of Christ. Like the tradition would be the two, but there's even this third coming, and that is that, that we encounter Christ every, each and every day. You know, we encounter him in the Eucharist. We encounter him um, as, as he enters into um, the mere bread and wine, which becomes very body and blood. And he's entered into, through the, through the Holy Spirit, um, God has entered into our souls through our baptism of confirmation. And there's this, 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 this touching of a coming of God right now, um, this encounter with God, again, between the two comings that we focus on, the coming in, as a child and the coming again in glory. Yeah, and I think... <clears throat> We get so focused on Advent, uh, just we get so focused on that first coming uh, when we, right, rightfully so, we love Christmas. Uh, Christmas is great. That first coming where we celebrate Jesus being born at Bethlehem um, with the, to the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. And, and that can get all of our attention a lot of times, just focusing on and thinking about and preparing for, for that first coming where, where Christ came. And, and we can forget that there's a second coming. Or, or maybe we just don't want to think about there's a second coming. Um, and so it is, it is right. It is just, it is appropriate during this time of Advent to, 
to not just be preparing for for Christmas, uh, but also to be preparing for that second coming, um, because He will come again. And and just uh, I was really struck by just how much the Lord actually talks about just being ready and and for when He's going to come again. And and so um, it's I'm very very thankful that the church gives us these these four weeks to really really focus on that where. Where yeah, we're focusing on Christ will come again, and to prepare our hearts for 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 the, for both of His comings, for all three of His comings. Well, it's a little bit more than that. I mean, it's because it kind of starts getting ready for Christ the King Sunday. We get those daily readings, even those Sunday readings, for a couple weeks, yeah. where yeah. it's hey, He's coming again, He's coming. Then we go to Advent, it's like hey, He's coming again. Yeah, it's this whole time in the church to be like hey, wake up, be prepared, and you, just like you, the readings just strike me when you think about the context of. Oh man, he's talking about getting ready for his return. Yeah. Like he just opens up those readings in a new way. Yeah. And it's worth kind of just comparing and juxtaposing both of the comings um, where that first coming where he comes in all humility, uh, he comes in all hiddenness, uh, he comes in, 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 in the quiet of the night uh, at the manger and, and no one is there to welcome him save uh, Mary and Joseph and, and, and the animals. Uh, and it's this very, very humble coming. It's this very, very hidden coming where, where, and a lot of people missed it the first time around and did not recognize that, that Emmanuel, God is with us, was walking in their midst. And then the second coming is going to be uh, quite dra- dramatically and drastically different than that, where, where he's going to come with, with trumpet blast. Uh, he's going to come uh, with, with a host of angels leading him in. Uh, and he's going to come in all of his majesty and all of his glory and all of his might. And it will be unmistakable uh, that, that this is the Lord, that this is, that this is God, and that, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so um, just the, the, the humility and the humbleness and the hiddenness of that first coming, and then comparing that with just the, the majesty and the might and the power of Christ the King coming, uh, the, the return of the King, if you will, to um, to put all of his enemies under his feet one last time um, and to gather up all, all the faithful with him. And so that's what we're preparing for. Uh, we, we, we weren't there for the first coming, um, but we can be ready then um, for that second one and, and, and not to be, kinda, be caught unawares when, when Christ comes again. Yeah, so it's almost like we have to do something about it. I'm being sarcastic, of course, but it, it, it's the, uh, so we have a choice. We can embrace dear newborn, six pound, eight ounce infant Jesus, tiny, but still omnipotent, you know, or we can, uh, get, you know, uh, Jesus with the rod of iron. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think the first one, if we really were to think about it would be the one. So, so we should prepare our hearts. So that leads me to the second question. So how can we prepare for Christ's coming? Father Anthony. Yeah. Um, so the best way, well, so I'm going to start with the, the preparing for Christmas, preparing for the first, yeah. for the yeah. remembrance of the coming. Um, the, the best way to prepare is to remember. So I play football, right? Friday night, what do you do? You have the game. Saturday morning, what do you do? You watch film. You watch the film. Yeah. You have to watch the film. Why? Because <laughs> the coach wants to go through and wants to break it down. Here's what we did well. Here's what we did poorly. Play by play, you know, and you walk through the, the game because you got to remember what you did because we're preparing for next week. Um, doctors, you know, doctors who are studying to do a heart surgery, they have, they watch a bunch of other heart surgeons do heart surgery, right? And they, they, they study heart surgeons that have been done in the past. They study the history of, the, of, of, of what the doctors know up to that moment to prepare them to go do a heart surgery themselves. Yeah. 
there's something about remembering that helps us prepare for the future. And, and so and beautiful is we got this juxtaposition like we're talking about today. And, and I think it's so important just to start that. How do we prepare? We remember. Yeah. We remember. We, we, we read the scriptures. You know, you gather as a family or you, as, a, as an individual and you read those beautiful accounts from Matthew and Luke about the birth of Jesus, um, about his coming. And you remember it as a family. You talk about it, you tell the story. And even getting into the Old Testament, you know, some of those beautiful books out there um, that, 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 that are great, talk about how all, all, for all of Israel's history, in many ways, it was preparing for this moment, for the coming yeah. of the Messiah. And all these foreshadowings, you know, even David and his kingship, foreshadowing the king to come and the Davidic line, you know, Abraham and all these covenants that are preparing. So there's this beautiful preparation that's occurring. And, and when we look back, we remember. And, and I think that's so important for us just, in our, in our Catholic lives, and our liturgical lives, yeah. um, our spirituality, to remember, to remember our history, to remember our, our history as a church. I remember our, our history as a family, and we always talk about like, what's your favorite family tradition mm-hmm. as far as you get yeah. to know somebody, we know yeah. their, 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 their history. So I think it's really important for us to know our history, and especially when, when the, the society's coming against mm-hmm. um, Christmas and what it really is. We've got to remember. We've got to remember what Christmas is and what we're actually celebrating. And we've got to remember how the church has celebrated this over the past 2000 years. Maybe yeah. do a little history, a little studying, kind of like, okay, why is this so important? Why did we choose this day? You know, the darkest day of the year for, for the birth, to celebrate the birth of Christ. You know, and there's all this history around this date and how it happened and, and what the celebration of Christmas. And that's really, really important, but we got to remember, we got to get to know this stuff. And, and so when we study, we learn and that prepares us um, for not only celebrating Christmas itself better, the first coming of Jesus, but also for his coming again, which we can talk more about. But I want to hear your thoughts on this preparing for the first coming. Yeah, no, I really like what you had to say about just watching the game film after the game. And and it, I mean, it really reminds me of just a, a, just a, a spiritual discipline that maybe has fallen out of, out of fashion and popularity is where, um, where you do a daily examination of your conscience every night before you go to bed. And that, and that, yeah, it would be a little similar to just, okay, let's just watch the game film from, from these last 24 hours and, and what did I do well and what did I do wrong? Um, because I could go to bed tonight and, and not wake up and, and I could go and meet the Lord. And, and am, I, am I ready for that? Am I ready to have that encounter with God? Am I ready to open my eyes and see Jesus face to face? And so doing that daily examination of conscience, um, and then asking the Lord, asking for the Holy Spirit to help you, to give you the strength to, um, to do better the next day um, in, in areas that we have fallen. And, and then also just with that, um, you know, obviously the, the sacrament of confession um, and, and, and going to that sacrament and, and recognizing that um, it's another way to just examine our lives, examine our conscience to reflect, okay, what, how have I actually been living? How have I been living the, these past week, this past month, or however long it's been since since the last time you went to the, the sacrament and, and then asking for the Lord's mercy in those areas um, where, where we're talking about, um, you know, do we want the merciful Jesus? Do we want the Jesus with the rod? And, 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 if, and Jesus is merciful um, and we don't have to be afraid of our sins. We don't have to soften our examination of conscience. We can just be brutally honest with ourselves and with the Lord and, and he will be merciful to us. And, and I think if we do that, then we will be ready that that we'll be ready to die and meet the Lord. Uh, we'd be ready if we if we were to walk outside and and see the the, the heavens open and, and Jesus come with the host of angel trumpet blast that that we know we know that we know that we know that we're right with the Lord. 
that we're right with the Lord, we're right with ourselves, we're right with our neighbor. And so we would have nothing to fear um, when we see Christ. Uh, and so I think just going over the game film, just hitting the rewind, going over the game tape, looking at it, breaking it down, what did I do well? Thanking the Lord for that. And what did I not do well? And then ask the Lord for, for help and grace in that area. Mm. And so I'm just going to add like sort of a question uh, 2A to this, uh, you know, concern third party and uh, going to offer something that I know that you would agree with. So um, I know that I know that I know that one of the ways to do this is through frequent and contrite confession. What a beautiful thing the sacrament of reconciliation is. So since Advent is a time to contemplate a lot of things, it's the end of the year 2020. 2020 has been a really long decade. Amen. <laughs> How about it? So for, for, for folks that maybe have been away from the sacrament of reconciliation for a while, just as a quick side note, we're not going to go on a whole new teaching on this, but what's some encouragement that you could give um, about, um, first of all, you know, working up the courage to do that and what the benefits of are doing that towards preparing yourself for the coming of Christ? I think, I think one of the, maybe the biggest impediments a lot of times is people is, is that they don't know what to do or they don't know what to expect in the confessional. And, and yeah, I mean, if you don't know what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to say in there, that'd be rather intimidating to step into the room and, and just kind of go in there blind. But, um, a, you can either, um, find sort of a, uh, just the, the rubrics or the, the formula or how the, the steps of confession online very, very easily or, or, or honestly, I mean, I, we love helping people in the confessional. Hmm. Um, it's not, um, there's no judgment on our behalf. Like, oh my gosh, this person doesn't know what they're doing. This person doesn't know what they're saying. That, um, that no, that, that from our side of the confessional, we j are just so grateful and so happy that, that, that someone is there to receive the sacrament. Hmm. And so um, you don't have to worry about what the priest is going to think or what the priest is going to say if you don't necessarily know what to do or what to say that, that, that we're there to help you, we're there for you, and that, um, that we really do love you in, in those moments. Yeah, and and as a priest, I mean, we're there not not there to judge you. Because mm -hmm. like, I know it's hard for people to come back and say like, ah, oh, like they're gonna think I'm the worst person in the world. Like at the in reality, it's just grace. But that's not what goes through you know my mind. I can say probably a priest's mind in that moment. The moment is like, wow, how beautiful that that this person is coming for God's mercy mm, right, right now. Right. And I always try to remember that. You know, as I'm yeah. as I'm talking through it and the counsel, if I have if the Lord has any counsel to give the person and penance, et cetera, it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, you're a terrible person. We've got to fix you. Yeah. It's, you've come to the right place. Yeah. Like you you recognized that you had a wound in battle and you needed to come to the hospital and you're coming to the hospital, right? As Pope Francis famously said, where this is a field hospital, the church right. is a field hospital. Yeah. And that's that's the, the primary kind of operating table that the hmm. Lord uses is right there in the confessional. And, and so I just want, there's an encouragement to everybody out there, please, I beg of you. Like I know, um, we, we, we are happy to hear confessions anytime. You're never inconveniencing the priest right, either. Right. It's never a, you know, there might be times where I have to say, Hey, can you, can we do it after mass? Cause someone comes right before mass or I have got to run to another mass. Can I set another time? But with each of those people, I'm always like, I will set a time with you. We'll make a time. Um, because this is that important. If I have time, I will do it right then and there. Right. Um, I'd, which is the preferable option. So yes, we, we have time. We have set times for confession and, and we want to hear you know, and I could speak for all priests here. Like we want to make time. Mm. You are not an inconvenience. You're not a burden to us. This is a, a call, a responsibility we have. It's a blessing. It's one of the joys of the priesthood. Amen. And and so, yeah, don't be afraid. The priest will walk you through your sins. Um, you know, you're, you're not gonna be judged in the confessional. And in fact, it's it's the place of mercy. So come and receive the mercy God has for you. Amen. Yeah, so Father Peter Teresa, uh, clarify something for me 
Um, and just for everyone else that I, I kind of learned relatively recently within the past couple of years that it's actually okay to receive the Eucharist if you're going to make a confession right away. So like, let's say if you talk to a priest and say, hey, like just what you said, Father Anthony, so we, we can do confession after mass. So what are the circumstances in which that would be okay? Um, right. So you would not want to receive the the, the, the sacrament okay. Eucharist if you uh, were aware of mortal sin that you had committed. So if you had committed something that was... Um, that was uh, gravely wrong, uh, and you knew it to be gravely wrong, and, and you freely chose to, to do that act, um, that would be a, a mortal sin. And so um, you would want to um, refrain or, or fast from receiving the Eucharist uh -huh. until you had uh, gone to the sacrament of confession to, to have that, that wound healed, as Father was speaking about. Um, but if you had committed venial sins, um, it, with venial sins, uh, you are still... Uh, allowed uh, to receive uh, Eucharist, so, so yeah. If there is, if there's a, a mortal sin, uh, no, go to confession first. Yeah. But if it's a venial sin, then you're still allowed to. Yeah. Receive so, the, so the absolutely Eucharist. fast from the Eucharist and, mm -hmm. and still go to confession after Mass because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's wonderful to hear um, a priest describe the the joy of offering. Uh, the sacrament of reconciliation as you do. Um, some of us maybe back in our history may, maybe didn't experience that uh, as lay people in the best way. Maybe there was a bit of a uh, bit of an annoyance or a bit of rote, but we've all uh, been there. We, we were lay we? people yeah. once too. We've had that experience. <laughs> yes. um, we've had that experience. And so we don't want to then um, have other people have that experience. Sure. Yeah. So that, that's good. Good. And also, uh, you know, I, I can say again, as a, as a lay person, definitely, um, do a little bit of homework, um, learn how to uh, examine your your conscience, but also, yes, the priests are incredibly helpful. Um, and it's just a, it's an, it's an otherworldly feeling of relief um, when it's done. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's, uh, it's somewhat habit forming. I will say that the, the sacramental grace that comes from reconciliation is something that you want to return to. And, uh, so, you know, the church says at least once a year, but I say every month, every couple of weeks, every week, I mean, you don't have to be scrupulous about it. Right. So like not, not every right. day that could actually be detrimental right. to you because then you obviously you're, you're living in, uh, almost in like a paralyzed state. Right. Um, so would you agree with that? Like, you know, every couple of weeks or every month is, is good, obviously. Yeah. I think once a month is a, is very, is rather appropriate for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my recommended practice to mm -hmm. people. Do once a month. Yeah. I, I try to go every two weeks, yeah. uh, personally. Um, and it's like taking a bath. Mm. Yeah. It just, it, I just, it, I can tell the difference in my spiritual life, you know. And and praise God, I, I'm generally free from mortal sin. I can't can't think of one I've committed in a very very long time. <laughs> Man, thanks be to but God. Thanks be to God. So <laughs> yeah. it's not just because oh I've got a big one I got to go yeah, confess. Right. It's because no, this is the place of mercy, and I recognize that there's things I've done to affect the worst relationship. It's like having a conversation with your wife, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, you know what? I said something I shouldn't have last week and I need to sit down and talk with her mm -hmm. and I haven't yet and I just need to go do it. Yeah. And, and obviously we, we do that a daily examine, ask for forgiveness immediately, yep. take, a, a, take a time every day, but then go to the sacrament, which is the place set aside by God to receive forgiveness. Yeah. Amen, amen. Good wisdom for that. So, you know, those of us who are, paying attention uh, to the world around us. You know, it's, it seems like uh, somewhere, um, you know, in between uh, 
a little speck of nothing in The Walking Dead. You know, there's kind of a spectrum of, of the way that we're looking at the world right now. Um, and so people ask a lot of questions. So I'm going to ask you right now, point blank. Is it right now, in fact, the end of the world? Is this the second <laughs> it, coming? Right. Wow. Um, yeah, so I can understand where the question's coming right, from, right? Sure. Because uh, when I look around, it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, for, for, as a member of the church, a member of the clergy, right. you know, to hear the McCarrick, you know, that's some of shame of what came out. Um, since then, um, some of the things that our Pope has said, um, which are uh, ambiguous, you know, in regards to, to longstanding hints of the church. We looked at the documents coming to the Amazonian Synod, like all this stuff in the church. So what's going on in some bishop conference, conferences, especially like Germany. And it's, it's pretty like what's happening in the church right, right. now. And, and then add to that, like we didn't have Easter. Yeah. Like I know it's Christmas and so it was a long time ago. We in the United States didn't have a public Easter yeah. um, in the Vatican. You know, we didn't have a public Easter. So there's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, take a step back. That's, it's like, whoa, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, God, what are you doing? Cause this is big. And then you look at the world, you know, and especially citizens US, we got this political scene going on and uh, we're not here to get into politics, but it's, it's kind of like, um, we're really divided as a country right now. We had the riots. Um, we've got like division as what, how we should respond to coronavirus. There's um, division over this election. Like what actually happened? Was it, was, it, uh, was it fraud? Was it not what's going on here? And there's all these questions coming out. And so in the midst of that, we could say, okay, God's at work. Um, and and that, that I'm sure of. Like this is, it, it is God doing something. And, and what's kind of interesting is that when we look at the plagues, like it actually talks about how, uh, in the Psalms, how God sent evil angels to carry out the plagues. Mm-hmm. Like God was the primary mover of sending those plagues to Egypt. Like God was the one doing the action, which is kind of like that theologically is really kind of hard to fully comprehend. Yeah. But it's, it's understanding that, that God allowed something, that he allowed, you know, demons to work, to carry out his end. Um, not that he wanted that to happen, but because of the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh was opening that up to happen to his people. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, from my perspective, uh, I think we're seeing God at work um, because, because I see the fruit of it too. Like I see the hardship, the difficulty, um, and, but I also see the fruit that that's happening. Um, and, and, and just to give the analogy I, I want to use is that it feels like the fire of the Holy Spirit's coming. Like Jesus yeah. said, you know, um, I came to set the world on fire. How I wish it was already ablaze. It feels like the fire's coming. And right now, if you let go of all that stuff he wants to burn away, you're going to feel completely free because you're letting go of all those worldly attachments. You're letting go of all those worldly things. And, and there's a freedom that's coming because God's purifying all the attachments to, you know, and they shut down the sports, you know, they shut down the movies and they shut down all this stuff that's like, oh, what am I going to do? And there's a great opportunity to enter into silence, enter into prayer, deep in relationship with family, deep relationship with God was opened up before us. And uh, in that time, it, it felt like the Holy Spirit just burning away stuff. It was like, what are you going to hold on to right now? And I think he's still doing that. But if you're holding on to that stuff, you, I, fe- I feel like you'll find yourself burning. You know, not necessarily the fires of hell, but you're going to find yourself burning because you're holding on to something the Holy Spirit's trying to get out of your life. You're holding on to something that's going to drag you away from God, which might ultimately lead you to hell, you know, if, if you don't let go of it. And so it's really, I think, an opportunity for us. Now, is this the end? Is Jesus coming in my lifetime? Maranatha, I hope so. <laughs> I would love it. I'm praying for it. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I don't know. I know, I, I, but I do know that this, we're entering into a new era, I think, as a church and as a nation. You know, that we're possibly 
you know, seeing seeing our nation change. I think we're definitely seeing our nation change into into some into a new era. What that's going to look like, I don't know. We're definitely, I think, seeing our church change, um, and and hopefully all for the better. Especially our church that it might get smaller. Benedict the Sixteenth um, prophesied that the church would get smaller. We'd lose a lot of our institutions, a lot of our buildings, but it would be a pure church, a holy church. I think that's that that's so beautiful. It's hard. Uh, it's sad to think, um, but I, I think so beautiful that our church would become a small, holy, kind of like an apostolic church in many ways and uh, possibly even an underground church, but something that became a real light to shine that people would come to and be attracted to because of the brilliance of Jesus Christ working through it. Yeah, is this it? Is this the second coming? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the Lord has not given me any special lights or, or illuminations or, or revelations in my time of prayer. Um, but I, I do know that that's the right question to be asking. Um, that that is an appropriate thought for a Christian to have, that um, that every Christian should ask themselves that question, um, that that is this it? Am I living in the end? Um, because when you have the end in mind, then everything else just, your priorities just fall right in, in order. And and if you're thinking about that, and if you're and if you're organizing your life around that, that thought that like Jesus could come, like this could be it, um, and then all of a sudden, all of the the worldly pursuits, um, you know, they, they just fall into their proper order. They 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 might lose, you know, if they if we put them first, then 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 they quickly fall into line where they should be. And so, I don't know if this is the end. Uh, I think what you're 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 speaking a lot of right things that. Uh, we do seem to be living through something historic, this pandemic, and, and the way that, that nations have responded to it, ours, things that are happening in the church, uh, just this confluence of, of events. And, and so, yeah, it does seem to be a historic moment, um, for sure. Uh, what things are going to look like on the other side of that, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but, but we can be faithful in the midst of all that, and, and we can ask ourselves the question and then live as if he is. Um, that's the, um, I think maybe that's why people are asking the question because they want, they want to know for sure if this is when he's coming so that they can then live as if he is. And, and the Lord never gives us that because he just wants us to live that way anyways. Mm. Um, he yeah. wants us to live that way anyways, to, to live our life as if, as if he's coming um, and, and, to, and to really enter into that deeply. Um, and to let go of the things that, that maybe we need to let go of and, and, and maybe to follow the Lord in a way that that might be uncomfortable, um, that might look radical, that that might make you uh, somewhat um, different in in your spheres that that you live in, and and that's okay, and that's okay because if he is really coming, what does all that stuff even matter? Yeah, and, and so just I feel like you've kind of made this. I think that we have two real points of this. We're talking about the two comings of Christ, yeah. right? How how do we how do we prepare? Yeah, for Christmas, for Advent, you know, this year, whatever we're going to do to prayer. And I think we they made the first point: remember, mm-hmm. we've got to remember, right? And in the second point, because and especially his first coming, his yeah. birth, and then he's coming again, right? And this this focus on the future, right? This focus on on who do I want to be? Like not in a self help book way, but who who do who does God calling me to be, right? And 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 striving towards that, and really asking the question, like God, who are you call me to be? What's the um what's the ideal version of myself? Um, in, in a virtue-ridden life and look at the virtues, right? And just like, okay, where, what virtues am I not living? How am I not living the gospel? How am I not praying like God's coming to? How am I not, you know, fasting, giving alms and whatever God's calling me to that I'm not doing right now today 
in that future focus of here's where I want to be, you know, get that sports analogy. Here's the team we want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we remembered, now we're practicing, we're getting ready and, and we're practicing this play over and over again because this is how we want to run this play. We want this play to be perfect, right? And so, and we, we got to um, take that time to focus on the future. So we remember, we focus on the future. And I think between these two things, as we examine our conscience, repent of things of the past and we focus on, here's who God's calling me to be. You know, here's the virtuous person that I'm, I, I'm called to be and, and we got and, and we remember like a, a month later, a year later, am, am I striving towards it? Am I closer? Am I closer in my walk with God than I was a year ago? And if we can't say that today, if you cannot sit here and say, I'm closer to God than I was a year ago, I'm a walk with God, closer on the path, something's wrong and something's got to change today, right now, right? And so we got to remember, remember what's gone wrong this past year yeah. and what do I need to do right now to help me prepare? No, amen. All right. Well, you know, Talking to you fathers is always like drinking from the fire hose. And so what we always want to do with every episode is we want to make our final segment a little bit of a wide card and end on some levity. And so last week, it was our favorite favorite Advent and Christmas songs and hymns. This week, gentlemen friars, what is your favorite Christmas movie of all time? Oh, boy. Father, you go first. Wow. Father Anthony. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say Elf. <laughs> and I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel guilty about it. Don't feel and guilty. I'm gonna feel judged about it. No it, judgment. A lot here. of Father, memories. Is, we said no judgment. <laughs> yeah, uh, I find it hilarious. I still like. I, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, probably. But I think I saw it like three. Even as a as a priest, I saw it like three or four years ago, and it still makes me crack up. Like I, I mean, I saw it in college the first time. I don't know something about Will Ferrell. It's hilarious. I mean, to 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 not feel guilty, I'm just gonna add my second. It's a wonderful life. Oh come mm. on, Father! Just you're, because why you can't pick two? Now you're taking all the movies. All right, Jimmy, <laughs> taking all the movies over there. Boy, Clarence. Oh, <laughs> uh, because I mean, that's just it's like makes you yeah. feel good. It's I mean, just what uh, it's so good. So no, it's a wonderful life. It's definitely one of my favorites. Zuzu's pedals make me cry every single time. I'm, I have to turn away. Don't let any of the brothers see me. Um, so it's it's a wonderful life for sure. Um, and uh, I mean, I really do love Elf too. I have a, I have a funny story about Elf, but well, maybe not for the air. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, there you go. There's a special bonus that's feature. That's right. Yeah, yeah, paid, yeah. Paid subscription only. That's right. Some bonus content feature. Yeah, I think you. I mean, since you took two movies, I'm just gonna have to piggyback it. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll stay on Elf, and I can really have it's a wonderful All life. Right, Dan. You. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've often heard it said uh, there are two types of people in the world. Those that believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie and those who are wrong. Um, <laughs> although that's actually not, uh, it's, it's in my, if we were doing like a, like a top three or top five, that was in there. But for me, it's a Christmas story yeah. because yes. I just always that's kind right. of identified with that kid, you know, and like I had a BB gun growing up and things like that. Like I grew up in the woods, so there, you know, v- various things. And I remember, you know, always trying to surf the UHF antenna channels, you know, because we didn't have cable until I was in high school, but uh, trying to find that on, on some channel that, w- and it w- eventually they were always playing it, right? You could find it somewhere. Um, and then maybe- 24 hour marathon. There you go. They do that yeah. now. It's true. But then also like think of like, you know, good old fashioned claymation Rudolph. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. Bumbles bounds. That's right. And I want to be a dentist, right? Well, amen. Thank you for joining us for episode two in our Advent series of the Become Fire podcast. I am Dan Francis Ballinger. I'm the one that gets the first and the last word. Praise Jesus. If you'd like to know more about the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit, again, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. There is a contact section and a give section as well. In the remaining two episodes for Advent, you may in fact hear from some other friars 
it is an eventuality. So, Father Peter Teresa, why don't you close us out today with a blessing? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I ask right now that you would pour forth your Holy Spirit upon all of those listening to this podcast, Lord, that your Spirit would come and and fill their hearts right now to prepare them for your coming at this Christmas uh, and for your coming at the end of the age. And may the blessing of Almighty God come upon you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody.